I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Live Mike. I'm Ethan Millard, and I'm here with Holly Richardson. And uh, Holly Richardson is the editor of Utah Policy and is a past member of the Utah State Legislature. And we've just been having a grand old time. Uh, I'm a nobody. Great. I don't have any fancy title <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, although you can listen to Alex Curie and me on the Nightside Project on the KSL News Radio app. Uh, which, of course, you can download, well, wherever you get your apps. I don't know. Get it on your phone. Kiss on this radio app is a great app. You can get all the podcasts there. You can also find the uh, the Nightside Project on places like iTunes. And uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, the Kiss on this radio app, by the way. Powered by any hour services. So check out the Nightside Project. Yeah, we're still there. We're still cranking away. We're still on social media, running the hashtags and headlines. And uh, we're just loving it. So hook back up with us. If we lost, t- if we lost touch with you after last spring, well, hook back up with us because we're still out there. And, and honestly, we miss you. And I say that. I'm going to put my hand over my heart. We miss you. So come, come join up with us again. I don't know if Alex shares that same sentiment, but I certainly do. All right, Holly. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump into this, uh, Mitt Romney. Let me roll out his most recent, uh, poll numbers. I got it right here. This is according to a Desert News Hinkley Institute poll. Uh, Romney's disapproval rating is 46%. 46% of Utahns are dissatisfied with Mitt Romney. Uh, 50%, 50% do approve though. So he's got that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but 46% is his highest ever. Um, 64% of Republicans in the state disapprove of his job performance, uh, and uh, 84% of Democrats approve of Romney, which is an awkward place to be for a Republican. <laughs> but I think if there is anyone who doesn't care about these numbers, it seems to be Mitt Romney, who is pretty yeah. determined to do his thing. And I, I think, I think it's safe to say, Holly, that he's shown us at this point that he's going to do what he's going to do. And if we decide to vote him out, he's fine moving on to his grandkids. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. He was the only uh, Republican in the Senate to who voted to convict on the first impeachment trial. And I don't know. Well, let's see. Asked if he'll vote yes to convict the president. Here's his answer from yesterday's talk shows. Well, I'm going to be a Senate juror, and as a result of that, I'll listen to the arguments both by the prosecution as well as by the defense. We haven't heard those yet. I'll read the briefs, and I'll make a decision, and I will make a decision based upon the facts and the evidence as it's presented. Hmm. So he he's semi-noncommittal, but I am going to put money that he's going to vote for um, conviction. I suspect um, he will. He was pretty yeah, I mean, upset. He was, he was pretty upset. He, yeah, he's been pretty explicit that he thinks the president's conduct um, – rises to the level of incitement. Well, we're, cer- we're certainly going to have a trial. Uh, I, I, I wish that weren't necessary, but the, the president's conduct with regards to the call, the Secretary of State Raffensperger in Georgia, uh, as well as the incitation towards the insurrection uh, that led to the attack on the Capitol, uh, calls for a trial. And, uh, uh, you know, if we're going to have uh, unity in our country, I think it's important to recognize the need for accountability. 
for truth and justice. So I think there will be a trial, and I hope it goes as quickly as possible, but that's up to the council on both sides. You know, uh, we asked you also to, to weigh in at 57500. Do you back Mitt in this play? Uh, what do you think? 57500. And, and I'll tell you, uh, Holly, I don't know whether or not I should be surprised at this uh, because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the tech stream every single day like, you know, I have been in years past. Uh, but for the most part, people are coming in in support of Mitt Romney and fairly heavily as well. Really? Let me just hit a couple of these. Um, Mitt totally represents me and my views. The state is lucky to have a man who speaks his mind and has morals. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Senator Romney is doing his duty, not a puppet for the Republican Party and Trump. He is for justice and what is right. Here's another one. I support him. Romney is being treated, treated unfairly. Now, um, that's overwhelmingly the sentiment, but there are some dissenters on this via text. Here's one. It says, I feel like Mitt Romney's job is to represent the people of Utah. I think he's a little out of touch with the people and taking on his own agenda. I do not support him. and I'm very disgruntled with his performance. But you, on the other hand, you are more gruntled with his performance. <laughs> yeah, that's a I great say. way to say it. I'm gruntled. No, I, I actually think he's doing a great job. I think he's doing the job that he was elected to do. And yes, that's represent Utah interests, but Utah interests are aligned with truth and transparency and accountability. I mean, I, I at least I hope those are Utah interests. Well, it, um, I think it's, Go ahead. I, let me just follow up, and pardon the interruption, I just want to follow up on that, just before we get away from it, because you're right, that's what you want to see. Um, but it looks like, for now at least, most people don't support Mitt Romney. They want him to support President Trump. So how do you square those things in your mind? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think it goes back, actually, to the inside sources that the show on before before this one, where... Um, Boyd Matheson was talking with George Will and he said, you know, look, it's it's really difficult right now because you have at least a third of Republicans who are absolutely strong Trump supporters. You have a third of Republicans who are absolutely never Trumpers at this point. And then you have a third that are trying to decide what to do as Republicans. So it's difficult. But I, I really appreciate Mitt's stance. I appreciate his ability to uh, to really stay um solid he has not swayed right he hasn't he hasn't made one statement for uh the democrats and held another standard to republicans and that's something i think voters really appreciate is to finally see political leaders who are not going to be blown by every wind of doctrine so to speak well yeah i can see that uh but on the other hand though sometimes you know when you have a politician that makes a decision that you really strongly disagree with I, I hate it when people throw that in my face. You know, well, he's he's being his own man. Yeah, yeah. but he's wrong. I'm not saying Mitt Romney's wrong here. I'm just I'm just trying to kind of put my mind in, you know, in in uh, in sure. the. Uh, well, I'll in fact, we had a, a text. Personal. We actually had a texture that kind of. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I'm going to find this text. I, I I just have an example from uh, when my first foray into Utah politics was to try to get a bill passed that was somewhat controversial. And when I talked to legislators, I really appreciated the ones who would say to me, I really can't support your bill instead of the ones who would say, well, who else is supporting it? And where, you know, what I, I mean, they just or people who would just lie to me and say that they would support it and then voted against it. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I really appreciated somebody who would tell me no and tell me why I want a political leader who's going to tell me the truth. 
Yeah. Uh, I found the text I was looking for. It says Mitt Romney is just fine. He's just a Democrat. Wish he would run as one. Didn't vote for him for president or for senator. Now, um, so and, and this is this is kind of my thinking. Again, I'm not I'm not taking this man's position, but, you know, it's it's nice to see a politician step out and do something unexpected, go against his party, go against what you'd expect, be a little bit of a maverick. Right. But really only when you approve of it. Right. <laughs> when you don't approve of it, you're like, what on earth is this man? Doing? Well, I think it's interesting. And so so you do have those poll numbers, right? So you've got Democrats who are like, OK, yeah, there's a oh, guy on the other right. side yeah. that's reasonable. Sure. But you also have Republicans who are like, yeah, you know, you know, it's OK. So, yes, you have people who are mad at him, but you also have people who approve of him. And um, Dr. Jim Curry, he's a political science professor at the U and he just, he said in a recent, um, newspaper article that Romney's going to be an important player. Um, he has a relationship with Joe Biden that I would say probably the rest of the delegation does not have. Um, in fact, Biden in uh, a news conference on January 8th, which would have been two days after storming the Capitol, he said, I spoke to Mitt Romney this morning. He's a man of enormous integrity and who lives his faith, right? And um, they ran against each other in 2012, right? So yeah. uh, Biden would have been the vice president and Romney was running for president, but they, they have um, a good relationship, which I think is very helpful for Utah. And it's interesting that uh, President Biden said that he was a man of integrity. Who lives yeah. his faith? President Trump called him a loser. Yeah. And Mitt Romney didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he shrugged it right, right off, mean, didn't he? I, I, yeah, I mean, he didn't care because he, I, I have seen in Mitt Romney an ability and a willingness to stick to his, what he considers his principles. I think he's right on the money. Um, and, and I think he's really done a great job. I, again, I don't know how he's going to end up voting, but I suspect that he will vote to convict. And I suspect he will not be the only Republican who does so in the Senate this time. Um, so ever since I mentioned that we were getting overwhelming support for Romney in the text, <laughs> the, the, the other side has shown up. Uh, and so now it's a little bit more even, a little more 50-50. So we're going to get some more of your text. We're going to continue this conversation through the breaks. Keep those texts coming, 57500. Do you support Mitt Romney? Does what he's, is what he's doing making you love him more or dislike him more? Drop us a line, 57500. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. And I'm also going to share with you why I disagree with his viewpoints on unity. I don't think that unity is what we should be looking for as a country, and I'll tell you why. I'll share that with you too, Holly. I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. You're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Holly Richardson along with Ethan Millard, and we are getting ready to continue our conversation about um, Senator Mitt Romney. I'll tell you, it's uh, been interesting to see the text that we've gotten because I mentioned <laughs> that uh, I said early on that we're getting way more text and support of uh, Senator Romney. And, and it's clear there's a group of people out there. They did not want to be spoken for and they've shown up against Senator Romney. And so uh, let me just hit a couple of these texts that are coming in at five, seven, five, zero, zero to the UCCU text line. Uh, and let's see here. Disappointed with Romney. He's in the wrong party. Here's one. I'm a lifetime Republican, but can't seem to understand why we've lost our, lost our minds. Mitt is about the only politician I trust anymore. Uh, I support Mitt Romney regarding his stand on the impeachment trial. Uh, where is another one? Um, other than disagree, um, 
then with Donald Trump and hold him accountable for his non-presidential behavior, what has Mitt Romney done that has not been conservative? Uh, someone else. Oh, here's one. Here's an, here's an interesting one. Mitt should switch to the United Utah Party, which would be a perfect fit for him and would be a huge boost to them. He could still caucus with the Republicans. And I think that one of the things that we ought to think about doing is, I mean, think about doing it. I, I know these are more organic. It's not like people get decide, together and decide this. But I think that the United Utah Party represents something that maybe could help things out here in Utah. Well, they're trying to find that movable middle, right? Which is yeah. the, like, um, uh, Deseret News opinion editor Boyd Matheson just had a piece last week where he talked about the giraffe party. And it's it's basically the same type of thing that United Utah is talking about is saying, look, uh, we have to be willing to stick our necks out. That's why it's the giraffe party because it's kind of funny, right? But, um, yeah. and, and we have to, we have to, agree in fact this might lead into your conversation on unity that you wanted to have but we have to be able to agree on some basic things and some basic behavior and i think president biden pointed that out in his inauguration speech when he said we have to stop this uncivil war yeah that's going on i I think i don't know i mean it's easy to and and i think most people when when you think about a a concept like united utah or stick your necks out party i think (laughs) almost everyone and almost every politician almost everybody would say yeah you know what that's where i belong it's i'll stick my neck out for what's right Right. but the but they're fooling themselves right i mean the self-awareness is is very very low uh with many parties have traditionally not done very well but you know we used to have a Whig party we don't anymore and um president trump has or former president trump has already talked about forming a new political party and um i think there are a lot of people who are saying uh yes please and there are republicans who are saying yes please go find your home in uh donald trump's patriot party the issue of course is that it then divides the republican party and it keeps democrats in power for a good long while yeah, it's yeah. I imagine that Trump won't be able to attract many Democrats. You're right. You're right about that. It'll just split the Republicans. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Mitt Romney's talked a lot about unity, and a fair number of textures that have texted have talked a lot, uh, have talked about unity. But I think we're barking up the wrong tree. And when this whole thing sparked off, I thought when when people started talking about unity, I thought, yeah, that's right. We got to talk about unity. But then I read a very interesting article by a woman named Ann Applebaum. Are you familiar with Ann Applebaum? I know Ann Applebaum because uh, my, I I mentioned before that I studied history in school and I studied contemporary central and East European history in which she is a major scholar. And, um, and she wrote this uh, article about how we shouldn't work towards unity. She, we should work towards coexistence. Yeah. That there's really no way to be meaningfully unified, even by recognizing everyone likes the First Amendment and everyone loves the flag. Those aren't right. things that we that will unify us, that what we need is coexistence. And, and what she used as, a, as examples are different places in the world, places like Ireland, places like Southern Europe, former Yugoslavia, sure. where people fought and then. Yeah. We're forced to live together. You know, yeah. you can fight, 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 fight. But at the end of the day, yeah. at some point, you got to stop fighting and live together. Yeah. And that's what right. they worked toward was not unity, but just coexistence. And I thought, boy, that's a really clever thing to think about, because even though we didn't see the kind of mass deaths that other parts of the world have seen because of politics, yeah. uh, it's still kind of on that track. That violence that we saw represents but- uh, yeah. A group of people that are more willing to kill their neighbor than to associate with them. To talk and with them. Yeah. even though they haven't been able yet to kill as many people as, you know, they might fantasize about, um, 
it's still something we got to think about. That violence has changed the dynamic, and I I think unity is the wrong goal, Holly. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I, I think one of the issues that we face is that we have now a little bit of a of a disconnect between uh, what people mean when they say unity. Because I think President Biden was pretty clear when he said we're not going to dis- agree on everything, but we've got to tone down the contempt. Right? We've got to stop this uncivil war and. Um, I'm looking at um, Ann Applebaum's Twitter feed, actually, and she has something where she says this is what civic courage looks like. And she's talking about Liz Cheney, who Mm -hmm. um, voted to impeach the president on the Republican House side. And and it's just that idea. I I don't think it's unity in ideology for sure. I don't think that that's realistic in any way. And I don't think it's appropriate. Right. We're not going to tell everybody what to believe and how to how to march in lockstep. That's not the point. I think the point is being able to to look at where we're going and have some kind of agreement. Like, can we agree that racism is bad? Well, the truth is not everybody agrees on that, but hopefully most people do agree that racism is bad. Right. And we want to work towards um, getting rid of that. But well, and, and this is where I think. Unity is just a big stick that everyone's hitting each other yeah. over the head with. You know, oh, yeah. Joe Biden wanted unity, but he never supported Donald Trump. Or, oh, you know, Trump wants and, unity, but look at what a conservative he is. You know, it's like right. you want <laughs> – it's it's people just hitting each other over the head with this they, unity thing. And yeah, that's why and both I think sides we should are doing dro- it. Yeah, we should drop it. Coexistence. Yeah. We don't have to be unified yeah. on anything. Yeah. What we have to do is live yeah. peacefully together. Yeah. That's I've what doing- has to happen. I think that's true. I've been doing some research on conflict resolution and and some of the the conflicts around the world that are just so horrible and uh, and deadly, as you pointed out. And one of the things that Chad Ford, who who is um, a mediator and who teaches who who teaches conflict resolution at BYU Hawaii, actually, he says the first thing we need to do is we need to be able to turn towards the people that we're in conflict with, and it's really hard to be the first person to turn, but. But what happens when we start to talk with people um, across the street, across the political aisle, across the divide, is that we start to understand that they are human also, that they have thoughts and dreams and hopes as well, that they Mm -hmm. love their kids as well, right? And we can find points of commonality so that we can coexist. Yeah. Well, and and it was interesting, the the strategy that Anne used in her article is a really well-known strategy in conflict revolution, resolution around the world, and that is to drop politics completely. So an example yeah. of what it would look like here is you have one person, let's say, who was a, cons- uh, a QAnon conspiracy theorist and another one who is uh, a Biden supporter, right? Yeah. The trick is to not try and resolve that. Don't right. bring them together and have them you know, describe what they're feeling. Not that. Instead, bring them together and have them talk about and solve something completely different. For example, how many buses do we need on this route? Because when they work together on that, it's completely divorced from their other politics. And they're less, because they work together on that, they never have to understand each other or agree. But they're less likely to try and kill each other. That's right. It becomes powerful. It does. All right. We got to grab a quick break. When we come back, um, we're going to go to a much less controversial topic, and that is the National Monuments uh, (laughs) here in the state of Utah. Is that less controversial? Are you ready Uh, for that? Not really. Uh, (laughs) President Biden uh, looks like he's going to expand the National Monuments again. What do you think? Do you support that? 57500. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.